I'm Pastor Reverend's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is quick, it is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And Father, I step back so the Spirit of God can use me to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father. Eyes have not heard, uh, seen and ears have not heard. Neither has it even entered into our hearts the things that you have prepared for us in 2021. But your word says you have revealed those things to us by your spirit. So, Spirit of God, we thank you for using me to communicate the deep things of God today. And Father, I pray that the message will get deposited in our hearts in such a way that we'll leave here with hope and with faith and with expectation, knowing that greater things are ahead. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, this time of the year, we typically celebrate uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. And as believers, we know that without the birth of Jesus Christ, there would be no resurrection. And without the resurrection, there would be no salvation. So the birth of Jesus Christ is very important to us as believers. Amen. Just like Santa Claus is to the world, Jesus is to us. Amen. And so the birth of Jesus Christ is very important. It's a very important event. And so as believers, when Jesus was sent here by God, the scripture says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And then whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. But here's also the benefit of why God sent Jesus Christ into the world. Verse 17 says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the birth of Jesus also benefited the world. Can you say amen to that? And so as I was thinking about the birth of Jesus Christ and really providing a seasonal message, but also an in-season message, something stuck out to me as I was thinking about the birth. And so if you're taking notes today, my message title is The Miracle of Agreement. The miracle of agreement, and you'll see where I'm going with the message as I get into it. But I heard a story about a little boy who wanted a bike for Christmas. So he goes and he asks his mom. He says, hey, mom, I want a bike for Christmas. And so his mom takes this opportunity and says, well, maybe if you will pray to God, he will bless you with a bike. So he decides to sit down and write a letter to Jesus. And he says, dear Jesus, if you will give me a bike for Christmas, I won't sin for a whole year. So he goes downstairs to take the letter to put it in the mailbox. And when he walks by, he sees the, the, uh, in his mother's kitchen a statue of Virgin Mary in the windowsill. And he suddenly gets guilty about uh, you know, what he wrote 
because he knew he couldn't avoid sin for a whole year. So feeling defeated, he went back upstairs, he sat back down, and uh, he writes another letter. And he says, Dear Jesus, if you give me a bike, I won't sin for six months. So he goes back downstairs, he goes to the mailbox, and as he looks back, he sees the Virgin Mary statue in the window. He feels defeated and guilty again, so he goes back upstairs. And before he goes back upstairs, he goes to the kitchen, he grabs the statue of the Virgin Mary, stuffed it in his jacket. He goes back upstairs and he writes another letter to Jesus. Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again, you better give me a a bike for Christmas. And so many times we want God to get in agreement with us when miracles are designed to happen when we get in agreement with God. I'm going to say that again. A lot of times as believers, we want God to get in agreement with us when miracles only happen and they are designed to happen when you and I get in agreement with God. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to look in Luke chapter 1 verse 26, Luke 1:26. Let me define what a miracle is because how many know that miracles still exist today? Miracles can happen and hopefully by the end of the message, I'm going to show you how to get in position to experience miracles from God. A miracle is an extraordinary event in the physical world that surpasses all human or natural powers. I'm going to say that again. A miracle is an extraordinary event in the physical world that surpasses all human or natural powers. It's a sign in many times that promises remarkable events to come. Like Jesus was like the wise men and and the different events, John the Baptist. Those were natural or uh, events that led up to a supernatural occurrence of who Jesus was. So I have two points and then I have some action items that I believe will position us to experience miracles because I don't know about you, but there are some things that have happened in 2020 that's going to take some miracles from God for us to experience for a better 2021. Amen. So Luke chapter 1 verse 26, here's the first point if you want to take notes and here it is, agreement with God makes the impossible possible. Agreement with God makes the impossible possible. Say this with me. Say, agreement with God makes the impossible possible. All right, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now, what we're about to read is the story or the birth of Jesus Christ, and we're going to look at it today from the perspective of Mary. It says, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, verse 27, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was what? Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Hail, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she, Mary, saw him, she was troubled at his saying and thought in her mind, what manner of salutation should this be? Verse 30. And the angel said to her, what? Come on, what did the angel say? He said, fear not, Mary, for you have found what? 
favor with God. Verse 31 says, And behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name what? Jesus, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord shall give him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom shall there be no end. Watch verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, how shall this be seeing that I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. The power of the highest shall overshadow you and therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called what? The Son of God. And verse 36 says, And behold, your cousin Elizabeth has conceived in her, uh, in her old age a son, and this is the sixth month of her. Here's the focus verse that I read all at to read to this point right here. For with God, in fact, read this with me. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Let's say that again. For with God, nothing shall be impossible impossible now i want you to see the key word in that verse it said with god in other words when you and i partner with god when we get in agreement with him it says nothing shall be impossible i love the amplified version of luke chapter 1 verse 37 i'm just going to read it uh, it says for with god Nothing is ever impossible. Watch this. No word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Now, I'm going to come back to that later. But I wanted you to see the first part of, of the Amplified Version. It says, for with God, nothing is ever impossible. So listen, when you and I get in agreement with what God wants to do, the impossible becomes possible. I'm going to say that again. When you and I, and I'm talking to somebody right now at home, when you and I get in agreement to what God wants to do, then the impossible becomes possible. We must get in agreement with God because everything we might want to do may not be what God wants to do. I'm going to say that again. We must get in agreement with God because everything we might want to do may not be what God wants to do. Just because something is wrong or something is not wrong, it doesn't mean that it's right for us. See, this is why you have to be careful about looking at what someone else has, looking at what God has blessed someone else with, because it might have been their season. And what you don't want to do is want what they got and get it out of season. So listen, buying a new car is not wrong. It just may not be right for you right now. And sometimes what we do, we want God to get an agreement with us instead of us getting into agreement with God. And by the way, when we get in agreement with God so that the possible, the impossible becomes possible, then watch this. When, what will happen is we have to eventually get in agreement with his word because him and his word are one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So when I say get in agreement with God, I'm talking about getting in agreement to what he wants, uh, what he outlines in his word. Now, Luke chapter 1 verse 37, I'm going to read the Amplified again because it confirms the point that I just made. For with God, nothing is ever impossible. Watch this. No word from God shall be without power or impossible 
of fulfillment. No word. No word from God. Listen, it says no word is without power. Every word in God's word has power in it. That's all. Listen, it only takes one word for your life to change. Just one. When that angel came to Mary, he gave her a word. He said, listen, God wants to use you to bring the Savior into the world. And when we get in agreement with God's word, then the power that's in that word causes the impossible to become possible. So you want to know how to change an impossible situation? Then what you do is you put the possibility of his word in your heart and the power in that word will change your impossible situation into a possible situation. And that's what happened with Mary. There was something that God wanted to do and he needed, listen, he needed Mary's permission and he needed Mary's participation in order to do it. In other words, God needed Mary to get in agreement with what he wanted to do. And anytime you and I get in agreement with God, miracles are designed to happen. And if there's anything I want you to get out of today, it's that. When you and I get in agreement with what God wants to do, then now miracles can happen because miracles are designed to happen when we get in agreement. And this angel came to Mary and she, you know, and Mary said, hey, you know, what's going on? I'm I'm, going to put it in 2020. What's happening? You scared me. You don't just, what is this? Whoa. And he said, oh, I'm Gabriel. I've been sent from God. And God wants to use you to do something miraculous. Now, the focus of what I want you and I to get today is not just on what God wanted to do. I want the focus to be, watch this, on why he was able to do it. So don't just look at what God was trying to do to Mary. I'm not, I don't want you to just focus on that. I want us to focus on why he was able to do it. So look at verse 38 because it tells us the why. Mary said, behold, watch this, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me, watch this, according to your word. Mary said, what you just said, I accept it. Do you know that she never would have gotten or conceived Jesus had God not gotten her permission? And this is why some things don't happen in our lives because we haven't given God permission to do it. Uh, Listen, miracles can't happen until we want them to happen. And sometimes, listen, God has to have our permission and our participation. And that's what happened here. Mary had to, she had to agree. She had to get in agreement with God. And the moment she agreed with what God wanted, she experienced a miracle, which takes me to now point number two. If you're taking notes, here's point number two. Miracles can happen when we agree with God. Miracles can happen when we agree with God. Mary's agreement, listen, activated God's power to fulfill his plan. The moment, you know, when she said, let it happen. When she says, I'm in agreement with that. When she says, okay, God, let it be. The moment she did that, watch this now, the miracle power of God and his plan started taking place. And this is something that can be seen throughout the Bible. 
This is why when you don't know what to do, you just need to follow God's written instructions. Watch this. Because miracles are, are, are created by God, but they're participated by man. I'm going to say that again. You will never see a miracle in the Bible without God using somebody to partner with him to participate in the miracle. The reason why I think it was eight souls that got saved when the flood took place is because God had to partner with Noah to make sure that mankind was saved. And I can list you, and I'm going to go through a couple, but I can list you several miracles in the Bible and every single one of them involved God needing to partner with someone for that miracle to take place. Let's look at Exodus chapter 14. Let's look at the, the miracle of the Red Sea parting. In Exodus 14 verse 13 it says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which, you, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see them again no more. Everybody say no more. No more. Verse 14. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. See, some battles are not yours. You up here trying to defend yourself, trying to tell, I know they lied on you and you're trying to defend the lie, defend the lie. And see, the more you defend, the weaker you look. No, no, no. Be still and let God fight the battle. Amen? He said, listen, the Lord is going to fight for you. Hold you. I'm talking to somebody right now. I can't get off of it. You're trying to defend yourself. Just shut up. I know that's not a good word these days. Okay, let me be nice about it. Be quiet. Okay, I'm going to say it in King James. Hold your peace. Let God handle it. Right? Look in verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying to me? Speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to go forward. But lift up your rod. And stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. So let me tell you what happened. Moses had led the children of Israel out of Egypt. God told them. He had, Pharaoh had hardened his heart so many times. So finally they get released. So they're out now and they're moving toward uh, the, 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 the uh, promised land. And so now... It got to a point where the children of Israel were over here. The Red Sea was here. And then behind the children of Israel were the Egyptians on their way to get them. And so Moses is there. He's the leader. He's saying, okay, God, look, I don't know what to do. And God said, "What? listen, listen how interesting God is. He said, why are you crying to me? And, and I think sometimes that's what God is saying to us. Why are you crying to me? Why? Because he has put everything on the inside of us that we need. The Bible says God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Whatever you need to succeed in life, it's not on the outside of you, it's on the inside of you. And he said to Moses, why are you crying? He said, Moses, I want you to lift up the rod. And look in verse now, uh, Exodus 14, look in verse 21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord, watch this now, caused the sea to go back with a strong east wind and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. So watch this now. Let me, let me point something out to you. 
Why didn't God do that without Moses? Why didn't he? Could he? Yes. But I want you to see that in order for miracles to take place, God will always need our participation. In this situation, he says, okay, Moses, listen, if you notice, Moses had the easy part. God was the one that had the hard part. And most of the time, we think we have the hard part. But it's really God that has the hard part. He says, Moses, all I want you to do is that stick that turned into a snake and ate up Pharaoh's snakes and that, 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 that rod that you've been using to get up the mountain. He says, I want you to take that same rod and I just want you to hold it up. And when you hold it up, I'm going to do something. And if you notice, I want you to see the partnership of God. I want you to see that miracles take place when you and I get in agreement with him, when we do and want to do and get in position to do what God wants to do, then what God wants to see happen will happen. Because if you notice in that verse, it says, watch this, Moses stretched his hand and God caused the sea to move. Did you see that? See, so you can, you can cry all you want to that you want to see a miracle to happen. Here's my question to you. What are God's instructions to you? Because he's going to always ask you to do something. Someone say amen to that. There was a man born blind. He was born blind. And he experienced the miracle power of seeing because watch this, he got in agreement with what Jesus wanted him to do. And I'm going to emphasize my point again, which is it's not about what God wants to do. I want you to see that miracle happens, miracles happen in our lives when we get in agreement with God and not God just getting in agreement with us. Because so many times we want God to do what, he want, what we want to do. God, I need you to kill him. Well, listen, listen. There would probably be nobody existing on earth had God listened to half of our prayers. Right? Look in John chapter 9 as we wind this down here. John chapter 9. I'm going to show you something. Because I'm really trying to emphasize when you leave today. Because so many times, and I'll show you here, that miracles, even though they are controlled by God, they are initiated by our actions. Okay, John 9, look at 1, verse 1. And Jesus passed by. He saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples said, religious people, Master, who did sin? His parents or this man? So just because somebody's in some trouble does not mean they did something wrong. See, that's just religious thinking. See, the Bible says those who live godly are going to suffer persecution. You can get in some trouble and not do nothing. In this case, they say, well, who did wrong, Jesus? Who did wrong? This man or his mother, his daddy? Who's in some sin? We know they got some generational curses going on around here. Jesus, who did wrong? And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Nobody's done wrong. And here's the thing. If wrongdoing is defined by something that we did wrong, then what happened to Jesus? He, he experienced a lot of wrongdoing. He did nothing wrong. So just because someone has gotten into some trouble or experiencing trouble doesn't mean they did something wrong. Give me an amen online. Amen. Look at verse 3. Jesus answered said, Neither has this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest. 
Watch what Jesus said in verse 4. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. And he says, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. And when he had spoken this way, watch this now. Jesus spat on the ground and he made clay of the spittle. Now see, some of us would have denied the miracle right there. No, Jesus, well listen, this is COVID. No, Jesus, we are in the middle of a pandemic. Let me first check your temperature. Let me check your saliva level. Because, you know, I know we think, you know, Jesus just kind of like put a drop, a couple of spit drops. No, that ain't what Jesus did now. But listen, he had to make some clay. Okay. Okay, we're not talking about just a drop of spit. We don't, ah, that's the kind of spit we're talking about. I mean, Jesus spit it. This is that spit that if somebody tries to spit on you, you end up fighting with. That's the kind of spit I'm talking about. He had to make some clay of the spittle, right? He spits, he makes clay. Watch this. He anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Watch this now. Because I'm telling you, in order for miracles to take place, miracles are designed to happen when you and I get in agreement with who? With God. Watch this. See what happened. Jesus put the clay. He put the spit. He put him on his eyes. And then verse 7, here's the man's part. He said, go and wash. And then he told him where to go. He didn't say go home, go get in your bathtub, take a shower. He said go and wash in the pool of Salaam, which is being interpreted sent. And he went his way, therefore, and what did he do, class? He did what? He washed, and what happened? He came away sin. Now let me ask you a question. What if this man had went home and took a bath? Would he had come home sin? No. You know why? Because in order for miracles to take place, God needs our agreement. He needs our participation. And we must get an agreement with what he wants to do and not in what we want to do. And so had this man went anywhere else other than this, he would not have gotten healed. And some of us are needing some miracles, but we're not doing our part. God is saying, I want you to do your part. I want you to love. I want you to tithe. I want you to forgive. And we're not doing our part and we ain't seeing no miracles. Every miracle in most parts, you're going to see Somebody had to participate. Okay, let's take the water with the wine. Remember that? Jesus' first miracle? The Bible says Jesus made water in the wine. Let me ask you a question. Who went to go fill up the water pots? If you go and read the story, Jesus said, he told the servants, hey, 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 go, go fill those water pots up with some water and then bring them back to me. They had to participate in the miracle. Say amen to that. Listen, and some miracles, now this is so good right here as, I, I, as I'm closing this down. This is so good. See, some miracles are prearranged. In other words, all we have to do is get in the right place at the right time. And what? watch this. Whatever God has already prearranged to happen is going to happen. And so, that, see, now that takes the pressure off of where's God at? God is saying, where you at? 
Remember Elijah? He told Elijah, he said, listen, I want you to go to the brook Cherith. And I've already commanded some ravens to feed you over there, Elijah. So all you have to do is get to that brook called Cherith, and I'm going to feed you. What if he had decided, you know what, I'm going to Jordan. Jordan's water is better, even though it wasn't. He said, I'm, I'm going, no, no, no. Said, no, the, the, listen, the miracle was prearranged at the brook Cherith. Jesus told Peter, listen, Peter, I want you to go fishing. And the first fish you pull up, that's the one that's going to have some money in its mouth. Well, what if Peter pulled up the first fish and said, oh, I don't like catfish. Let me catch another one. Amen. Remember Naaman, there was a man named Naaman. He was a, a great warrior in the Old Testament. This is in 2 Kings chapter 5 if you want to research it. He had leprosy. And there was one of his servants that said, hey, listen, there's a man of God that can heal you. Why don't you find him? So he finds Elijah. And Elijah says to him, hey, listen, I want you to go and dip into the Jordan seven times. And when you do, you'll get healed. And you know what? Naaman started out like a lot of us. Well, why I got to go over there? Well, why the Jordan? Why I can't go down to the swimming pool at Mansfield? It's cleaner. Right? No. And then he could have done like most of us. Be like, well, he said seven times, but what's wrong with five? What's wrong with three? One for the Father. One for the Son. One for the Holy Ghost. Why three? Why not three? Why do I have to do seven? I don't know why you have to do seven. But what I do know is if you want a miracle to manifest in your life, you're going to have to get in agreement with what God wants to do so he can see, listen, so his miracle power can work in your life. Amen. Our obedience is important because when a miracle is prearranged, we must be at the place where God schedules it. And here's the thing, you will never receive, I'm talking about miracles now, you will never receive if you're not willing to obey because miracles, listen, are birthed from an open heart to obey natural instructions. I'm going to say that again. Miracles are birthed from an open heart to obey natural instructions. That's really what it's all about. So let's transition here as I close. What do, you, what do you and I must do to experience miracles, okay? What do we need to do? Well, let me just make sure you understand that we don't control them. We just get in position for them. Can you say amen to that? We don't control them, but we get in position for them. So here's the first thing you must do. If you want to experience some miracles, and I believe with some of where things are, some of you are from an employment standpoint, you're qualified, you got everything that looks good on paper, and for some reason no one is uh, reaching out to you to hire you. And you need a miracle. You're on your last severance check. And it's time now. And you're like, man, God, what are you going to do? Well, the first thing you got to do to get a miracle or experience one is you and I must ask God for his help. And here's what's bad. We ask everybody else first. Come on now. When we needed the $187,000 for the windows of this church, I asked everybody who I knew had some money. You got it? You got it? That's why I tell people, don't feel bad when your time of need comes up. Everybody has a need one time in their life. Look, look don't, don't, don't feel bad. If you sown seed, that means you are now in position for a harvest. 
So when it, you know, I know we're seed sower. So I started asking people, oh, "You got, you got two hundred. You got two hundred. You got two hundred. All right." So we got to first ask God for help. Here's number two: miracles must be believed before they can be received. Miracles must be believed before they are received. In other words, you and I must raise our expectation now. So, Pastor, I got disappointed. My daddy broke all his promises to me. My mama promised me she was this and this and that. My aunt and I, and they said I would give me a call when I graduated. They didn't give me. Those are men. With men, it is impossible. But not with God. For with God, come on, class, all things are possible. So, we must raise our level of expectation because miracles must be believed. And let me tell you, the easiest way to, to, to raise your belief is just, the Bible says, the entrance of his word brings light. Man, just even when you don't feel like it, just put the word in. Just play it. Even when you're not ready to do it, just play it. Here's number three. Since miracles take place in the realm of the supernatural, listen, you and I must do everything we can in the natural. I'm going to say that again. Since miracles take place in the realm of the supernatural, you and I must do everything we can in the natural. Miracles happen when there is nothing else that can be done by us. Did you hear that? In other words... Moses did everything he could. There was nothing else in the natural Moses could have done for that Red Sea to, to, to happen. He had done everything. And that's why the scripture says after you've done all to stand, what do you do? You stand. There was nothing else Moses could have done. That blind man, there was nothing else he done should have could have done. You know that woman with the issue of blood? There was nothing else she could have done. The scripture says she had spent all of her money on doctors. And you know what? I believe in doctors. But I do know another thing. We have another doctor who ain't never lost the case and who is the author and the finisher of healings. So we must understand that miracles are in the realm of the supernatural and we got to do our part. And listen, when we do our part, it's funny because when the children of Israel got ready to cross over, the first time when there was water, Moses, you know, took the stick and the water backed off. There was one situation where he told the priest, he says, now what I want you to do, I want you to divide up everybody, okay? And then I want the priest to go, you had to praise and worship people, you had the priest. But he says, you know, as soon as you touch your feet in the water, the water so you can't define God by the last miracle he did for you. Because his instructions are not always the same. As a matter of fact, most of the time, God's, his, his miracle instructions are custom. That's why you can't duplicate somebody else's miracle by doing what they did. No, because God is not, he's, the Bible, even though he's the same, the way he operates might be different. And so you know what? Sometimes he may ask you to do something that you've never done before. And here's the problem with us. Well, I don't know. I ain't never done that before. Exactly. Exactly. 
You have never done this before. And this is what he's trying to, he's trying to cause something to happen. Talking to somebody online right now. He's trying to get something to happen that has never happened in your life before. And if it's never happened in your life before, maybe you got to do something in your life that you've never done before. Amen. And then here's the last one. And then I'm going to pray for some miracles to take place in our lives. Here's number four. We must be willing to follow God's instructions because miracles are God created, but man participated. I'm going to say that again. We must be willing to follow God's instructions because miracles are God created, but man participated. So let me uh, pray this prayer. But When we were finishing the building, uh, we was that second loan we needed and the money was in a bank, but I wasn't signing those papers because I was instructed not to until some further research took place. And I'll never forget, the bank wanted us to stop construction. The, the finance company who got us the loan wanted us to stop uh, construction. And we had already stopped construction once. And I was like, no, I don't. And so as I thought about stopping, the Lord's like, they didn't tell you to build this building. I did. Don't you stop. And I knew at that point, okay, since the money's over here that we can't use right now, we were just going to have to use all the money we had. And so we started writing all these checks. See, this is the background from the, the window miracle. We started writing all these checks. I'm not talking about little bitty checks. I'm talking about big old checks too, right? And I started, listen, the, the, the invoices were being paid, but our account was going low. How many been there before? It's time to tithe, and man, I tell you what, the tithe look like it's going to take away. But see, you got you to gotta get your head straight. So, you know, I just was writing the checks until there was no more money to write. And that's when God stepped in and caused something to happen that I could not have counted on. As a matter of fact, let me tell you what God did. God did something supernatural that I didn't see that was going to happen in the natural you got to understand when miracles come, God is trying to get it. Listen, he's trying to get some glory while he gives you a story. So I want to pray for some miracles. Bow your heads right there. Those of you who are at home, bow your heads right there. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we know that you are a God of miracles. So I come in Jesus' name. We come together and we're asking for you to do some things that we can't. Heal some bodies where doctors and medicine can't. Open some doors that man cannot open. Close some doors that man cannot close. Show up as Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides where we need you. Lord, we're asking that you will help us to raise our expectation for you to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name, whatever instructions that we need to obey for miracles to take place. Father, begin to download into our hearts and minds the things that you want us to do. And Father, I declare in Jesus' name as we begin to do the things that you put in our hearts to do. As you give us instructions like you've done through all the people in the Bible that will say yes. And Father, we thank you. Come on, just raise your hands right now. Begin to just thank him for miracles taking place. Father, we thank you and we praise you for miracles taking place in our lives. And Father, we thank you for you getting the glory. You getting the honor. 
You're getting the praise. Lord, we thank you that you're trying to do this so that you can be glorified. It's not about us. It's not just about our needs being met. It's not just about us getting out of this hole. It's not just about us, Father, getting out of trouble. It's really about you getting glory. And so, Lord, we glorify you. We thank you. And I just want you to give him an own credit thank you. Meaning that you thank him before he does it. Father, thank you for the healing. Thank you, Father, for the deliverance. Thank you for meeting that need in Jesus' name. Thank you for that relationship being reconciled. Thank you, Father, for that job, that, that career being released. Thank you, Father, for healing taking place in our body. Thank you for miracles happening in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. With every head still bowed. Maybe you're here today or you're watching me. Here's my question. If you died today, are you 100% sure?